Welcome to Spotlight and the fifth installment of our mini-series on the minds of millennials, where we talk to young professionals about various personal and cultural topics and how they apply to private equity. I'm Mina Tumai. And I'm Evie Rustman. In May, Private Equity International revealed its annual list of 40 under 40, future leaders of private equity. With more than 200 nominations, the submissions showcased some stellar talent, demonstrating the vast potential of the younger professionals rising up the ranks in PE. In this episode, we speak to some of those featured in the Future 40 list, including Lawrence Lulz, Principal at Warburg Pincus, Sandeep Mirani, Principal at Neuburger Berman, and Nina Krauss, Principal of Fun Investments at Hamilton Lane. They discuss what it's like working in the industry and how young professionals like themselves can find success there. When starting out in private equity, Lorenz Lutz, who currently leads the cybersecurity portfolio at Warburg Finkers, thought having a traditional background in finance would be important to achieving success. When I first started out, one thing that I thought would be important was a background in finance or accounting. I came from a non-traditional background. I was a social sciences major uh, you know, at a liberal arts school. And so frankly, I was you know, insecure when I first started that I had a fear that I didn't know what I didn't know. But as I spent more time on the job, I realized that you can learn the tactical, the mechanical, the definitional stuff, the building models, the analyses as you go. And it's as much about the qualitative as it is the quantitative, especially as you progress in your career. So private equity is really as much about how you interact with others, how you gather and synthesize information, how you think about the risk reward of an investment opportunity, how you support your management teams and help be a thought partner at at the board level. All of that stuff, you know, you don't learn in a college accounting class and it really comes with experience. And as I spent more time in the field, what I realized is a lot of my colleagues actually, you know, don't come from that background of finance or accounting. They come from engineering or liberal arts uh, or some sort of social science. And I think what helps us make better decisions collectively is the fact that we are coming from a diverse set of backgrounds with lots of different ways of thinking, lots of different ways of looking at a problem. And so at the end of the day, I think it's really more about intellectual curiosity and an excitement about learning about businesses as opposed to any specific background. Sandeep Marani says that when starting out in private equity, he believed that you had to be hyper-focused to reach a senior level. He also highlights a time where he took a break from work as a worry. So I guess early on in my career, when I worked under and I saw many, you know, successful senior folks in the financial industry, I imagine to reach that point, you would have to be quite singular minded and hyper focused to reach that level, kind of remain on the career treadmill, so to speak. So when I took a six month break after my time working in investment banking, I had a bit of a niggling worry that it could derail my career, particularly because I didn't really know what I wanted to do next. And I have to say, when I decided to go back into the industry, it did set me back a little bit. But over the medium term, I was able to find my feet again. So I guess what surprised me is that I thought to be successful in private equity, particularly, you have to follow a prescribed path, know what you want early on and kind of do one thing after the other to get there. But to my surprise, you do get second, sometimes third chances in the industry. And you just have to grab those, I guess, when they're available to you. Despite initially wanting to pursue an education in science, Nina Kraus quickly realized she was more interested in economics and finance. It's an interesting story because I don't think I had any idea what I was getting into. I had gone to university to be pre-med or science oriented. 
I very quickly learned that collaboration in a science lab typically meant that you were alone for a lot of the day. And as somebody that thrives in a collaborative team setting where I can learn from those around me, I felt like this was somewhat problematic. But I had started to love my economics coursework. And so pivoted with absolutely no idea what types of jobs I could get or what my career might look like. I just threw myself over to the economics department. You know, I relied during those early stages on just absorbing what I could, making mistakes, talking to people. I made every mistake in the book. I showed up to the first recruiting event in jeans and a flannel t-shirt and sneakers and pretty quickly learned that everyone else was in a suit (laughs) and that maybe science recruiting was very different than financial recruiting. I learned from the career center that I needed a lot of coaching and needed to learn how to write emails and send thank you notes and have a professional conversation. After university, Krauss fell into private equity through making connections and asking for advice whenever she could, and that led her to Hamilton Lane. I called hundreds of people. Hundreds. It was a lot. I reached out to many more, and just for advice to understand what was out there, what the universe looked like, if they had anything for me. And I should say at this point that Not all of those were positive conversations, but I just kept going. I got every reaction you could possibly think of during that time period and just kept thinking they're trying to help me or I've learned something new from this conversation, whether it's that firm's not for me or that culture might not be for me. And that led me to how I got into private equity because one of those calls was with somebody who worked in private equity who I had contacted via my university alumni network. And he just asked me, well, what do you want? Because I had called him for advice on a couple of things I wasn't so excited about. They didn't align to that list of things that I seemed to really know I cared about in a a future job, but I didn't know how to align those with what the jobs available to me were. And he had mentioned Hamilton Lane, he said, well, this sounds a lot like private markets and private equity. He mentioned the firm, he connected me in, and it was incredibly fortuitous because they were in the midst of hiring their second analyst class out of university. It was my first job out of university. I have found it an incredibly rewarding place to be. And that's driven by the people I work with. So I shout out to my team. In an industry like private equity, there are many challenges young professionals face. Zlels highlights the importance of focusing on the long term and learning lessons along the way. Private equity is frankly just full of setbacks. (laughs) Like you look at hundreds of deals to do one deal. So that inevitably means on the other 99, you know, you're getting outbid or you're trying to win over an entrepreneur and then they go in a different direction or, you know, you're really excited about a company, but late in the game, you discover something in diligence that means it's no longer going to work out. These things happen constantly. And, you know, frankly, it can be disappointing when those things do happen. 
So how do I deal with that? First tip, as I mentioned, reframing every deal as an opportunity to learn. So what, what can I take away from this experience that will make me better for the next one? Did we approach the CEO the right way? Did we miss something in diligence that could have led us to have a different point of view? Should we have played the process in a different way? After every deal that we don't win, I ask myself what I learned and I write down a takeaway or a few takeaways for the next one. The other tip is playing the long game and continuing to move forward. There are many idiosyncratic reasons why a deal may not work out, but I can't tell you how many times I've gotten to know a CEO in a business over the years. And maybe the first time we look at it, it doesn't work out. The second time, the third time doesn't work out, but the fourth or the fifth time it does. And so it can take years for a deal to germinate for the timing to be right. And so I would say, keep at it because eventually your effort will pay off. Like Slets, Morani agrees that every setback can be seen as a lesson. It's going to sound a bit cliche, but you kind of have to always believe that everything happens for a reason. Even if at that moment, the setback can feel painful, fears down the line, you look back and it all begins to make sense as to why it happened and what you learned from it. Maybe it's a bit of a coping mechanism, but certainly worked for me. Krauss argues that without failure, you can't succeed and setbacks show you you're on the right path. Well, setbacks happen to everyone, so... Hopefully, if anyone's out there listening, we've all had our fair share of setbacks. It's impossible to succeed without them because if you don't have a setback, you're not challenging yourself enough. You're not putting yourself in rooms with people that know more than you or can help develop and guide you for that next stage. I I think it's just part of life and part of a career to have these setbacks. And there are a few categories. Some are very small and some are really big. I've had both. And when I or when anyone faces something really drastic or what can, even if it's not drastic, what feels really drastic, you've just got to take a beat. You have to let yourself work through that emotion before making big decisions. Because often when it just happens, it cuts, it cuts deep. And for different people, you have very different reactions to that usually none of which feel good. And so what I try to do is just first off, take yourself out of the situation, go home, do something you love. I love walking my dog even better if it's like pouring rain, super muddy, because undoubtedly I will laugh. One way that young professionals in PE can expand their horizons is by having a mentor, says Lutz. I definitely think that having mentors is incredibly valuable. Private equity is very much an apprenticeship business. uh, And so it's really about learning and absorbing from others. You know, everything from navigating your career to, you know, how do I handle a difficult conversation with a management team? You know, how do I strategize around a specific deal? A lot of that comes through the advice that you get from others that you're working with. At Warburg, one thing that we do have a strong belief, you know, everybody should have an opinion. So while I I think it's really important to be a mentor and to find mentors, I'm also looking for great ideas from the most junior person that I work with. And so it really goes both ways that you should look for mentors, but you can always be a leader at any level of the organization. The other thing I'd say that's been helpful is finding mentors outside of your group. Um, So people in other groups or people even outside of your company, just to 
kind of touch base on different issues that could be common across the field or even, you know, across different fields. So definitely agree. Having a mentor is incredibly important in the field. Krauss says anyone can be seen as a mentor, as long as one is open to receiving advice and networking. I look at everyone as a potential mentor because if somebody is giving you any sort of advice or insight, that is valuable. Whether you take that or not, it's information on their perspective based on their experience, background, life journey, and it's valuable. So for me, what I've had, I've had both very formal mentor relationships and and I've been lucky enough to be in a firm that has really facilitated that from my first year. And I continue to have mentor relationships. Um, I've also relied on my managers, my peers. I've networked into other mentor relationships, but I looked around and I thought, you know, everyone else has these really high-flying senior corporate professionals that they meet with on a quarterly basis. What have I done wrong not to have that? I've just let it organically evolve over time. And so I would say to those that feel like they don't have that, don't worry. Read books. Read books written by, and biographies written by great private equity professionals. Watch level 20 videos on role models, get involved and start networking. And it really changes over time. One day you'll wake up and think, wow, I have so many people that have contributed in so many different ways. And that is the important thing. This formal mentor-mentee relationship, I've just found it to be less impactful, very, very helpful. So if you're offered it, I would advise you to take it. If you can get yourself into programs, please take them. But it's not the end of the world if you don't have one and or if you don't have one yet, because it's just a matter of time. When asked about what qualities the next generation of PE professionals need to have, Marani says being innovative is key. I think it's no longer going to be just about having the technical skills, work ethic, network and business judgment that I think prior generations needed. It will need folks with new investment and product ideas, given how widespread and competitive the industry has become. It'll require people who have a passion for other areas that society and the underlying constituents really care about today, like ESG, positive impact, diversity and inclusion. And I think most importantly, it's going to require humility because especially with everything so public and online, investors and stakeholders just have less tolerance for exuberance, bad press, excess, and rightfully so. So I think all these qualities um, the next generation will need to really build on what prior generations have done in the industry. Krauss also agrees that having a flexible skill set will help young PE professionals navigate challenges. Probably the next generation is going to be the best at this is just an aptitude for using technology to lower user error, increase speed, create more complex analysis. That is just the direction of travel really in almost every area of industry. And so I would say that is key. I I really don't think that the younger generation is going to have challenges with that because they're so good at that already. I think creativity is one, problem-solving skills. And these are things that you need everywhere, no matter where you land, but, but are critical to progression in private markets. 
and communication. And this, this is where I, I think there is the most variation because of the multiple types of communication that you're required to really master as part of any corporate or industrial career. You need to be able to navigate flexibly different modes, whether it's in-person communication, email, phone, Zoom. There's a lot more than just one platform. And so being flexible and learning to effectively utilize all of the different communication pathways to basically fuel what you need to do from a problem-solving standpoint, I think is critical. It's always been critical. It will continue to be critical. And then in analytics, again, will continue to be critical. I think distilling large amounts of information into key takeaways, that is something that is very important and, and will continue to be so. So hopefully it's clear from that perspective. There's really a mix of both new competencies that I think are becoming ever more important, as well as some that I just don't see going away anytime soon as, as competencies or capabilities required to really drive a career in this industry. Zlets believes being curious and not shying away from speaking up are important characteristics for the up and coming generation. The number one quality is curiosity and openness and an attitude around continuous learning. You have to build the pattern recognition and reflect back on each of the deals that you've worked on, but you also need to continue to test whether your opinion is still true and be open to new information. So that that's the number one. I'd say other qualities that are important, one being entrepreneurial. So finding theses, finding companies that you're really excited about, finding areas that have been overlooked and going out and learning about them and building a point of view. I think that is also incredibly important in this field. The next quality I would mention is patience, both from the perspective of putting in the effort to effectuate a deal that could take years, but also in working with companies. When you're side by side with a management team, you'll find that no company's trajectory is a straight line. There's always going to be ups and downs. There's always going to be hard decisions. And so having the patience and the resolve and working collaboratively with your management teams through the thick and thin is, is really, really important. The next quality I would say is very important is collaboration. Uh, and this goes back to the idea that good ideas can come from anywhere. So empowering people to speak up, empowering people even at the most junior level to have a point of view working with different folks to get to the right answer and synthesizing lots of different pieces of information and lots of different perspectives, whether from your advisors or your teammates into fundamentally your decision on the investment that is incredibly important in this field. Also highlighting the need to speak up, Mirani says that being advised to just ask for things is one of the most important pieces of advice he's ever received. The one thing that stuck with me from very early on in my career is this notion that if you don't ask, you'll never know. Whether it's for any form of advice, a new role, a change in your responsibilities, a raise, a sabbatical, time off, could be anything really. You'd be surprised at how receptive people are on the receiving end of an ask and generally willing to help. A very good example of this early on in my career, I had been given uh, an opportunity and there was a role that I actually turned down because I wasn't sure I wanted to pursue and I decided to take another one. Nearly 10 months later, when I was more open-minded to it, I reached out to the senior partner there again. I thought it's a long shot, having already turned them down. And 
obviously I know that people in this industry can have egos. Uh, but to my surprise, they hadn't found anyone else that they liked as much. So they invited me back to speak and eventually offered me the role. So I guess, you know, the advice I'd give is always make the ask and you never know what comes out of it. Zlats offers reassurance that it's okay to make mistakes and encourages young professionals to push themselves. Private equity is incredibly dynamic, especially in the part of the market where I spend my time investing in technology companies, cybersecurity companies. There are so many changes to the market. There's so many discontinuities in tech that may benefit certain players disproportionately. You know, an example, the introduction of mobile phones like that that led different solutions to address gaps in different ways. So you need to push yourself and you need to test yourself. Are there reasons why what you believe may no longer be true? That means updating your point of view. That means welcoming opportunities to be wrong. That means welcoming challenges to your opinion. I think if you get stuck in a dated point of view, it's very easy to make bad decisions. You might back the solution of yesterday, not tomorrow, or you might miss the boat on a rising tide. One thing that I love about private equity is that you're always learning and you're always meeting incredibly interesting people who have amazing visions for their companies and how they want to make an impact. And so, you know, in this field, the most exciting part of it, and I think the thing that you need to always continue to do is to learn and, and be curious. Krauss shares the one piece of advice that she lives by. The best piece of advice, I think the one thing I always lean on having been in one organization for my entire professional career effectively is to learn something new every day. That is something you can always take with you. You take it with you immediately into the next meeting or the next conversation. If you are in a position where you're changing roles, you're taking what you've learned into that next role. And so that is something that no matter what setbacks you have, no one can take away what you've learned. That is a beautiful thing. You can keep that forever. And, and so I think that is really energizing. It's how I try to approach every day. But what I also like to add to it is at the end of the day, before I go home, I try to make sure I've also added value somewhere that day so I can pinpoint a very specific activity I did that contributed. And that, I, I think, helps on the setback piece of where I can add value, because if you're tracking your contributions so that you know you can contribute, so that you know you have some value from a professional standpoint, it's easier to know where to then add that value when you have a setback, because you've been thinking about it each day when you, you go home of something you've done. But I think it also keeps us honest about contributing to the firms that we work at and making sure that we are actively focused on, on also why we're there, which is to contribute to a greater goal that's outside of just our own personal careers and our own personal learning journeys. And if we can't think about that piece, it's very hard, I think, to continue developing in our careers. That's all for today. Thanks again to Lauren Letts of Warburg Pincus, Sandeep Marani of Newburger Berman, and Nina Krauss of Hamilton Lane. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe, rate and review wherever you listen to podcasts, or listen to any of PEI Group's various titles online. I'm Evie Rusman. And I'm Mina Tumai. Thanks for listening. <laughs>